Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The readings for this sixth Sunday of Easter give us a foretaste of the Holy Spirit. It's as if the Church is getting us ready for the Feast of the Pentecost, which is going to be celebrated in just two weeks from now. Now, if we look at all three persons of the Holy Trinity, I would argue that it seems like the Holy Spirit is the least known, perhaps even overlooked. That's really bad because the New Testament has a lot to say about the Holy Spirit and the activities of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the divine power of work that is active in the life of our church. And the readings for today give us a sense of what that looks like. Go to the first reading from Acts of the Apostles. Here we have the story of Philip. He just arrived in Samaria because he was chased out of Jerusalem. Now stop right there. I want to touch on something that essentially we all encounter at some point in time in our life. We know when bad things happen to us, when things don't go our way, what may look like a disaster on the surface, we ask God, you know, where is God in all these things? Well, I think Philip here gives us the answer to that question. Philip, he goes to Samaria because of the first great persecution of our church has begun in Jerusalem. Well, that was a calamity for our church, and the church was aggressively attacked. Well, because of that, Philip is chased out of Jerusalem, and so he fled to Samaria. However, we hear in the first reading, it was in Samaria that essentially Philip experienced incredibly successful evangelization. All the people accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And here's the great lesson for us all. We shouldn't be so quick to judge things that go on in our life or situations that may seem bad. Instead, what we appear or what appears to be bad, what we appear or what perceive to be a disaster, instead, through the power of God, it could actually be a success. And Philip in this story proves just that. Now the story opens up and says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed Christ to them. Well, that's good. He didn't keep Christ to himself. And so, the first characteristic of the Holy Spirit is prompting of bold speech. Paul says it best, no one can call Jesus Christ Lord except in the Holy Spirit. And so, the Holy Spirit prompts us, it compels us, to make that great confession. Now, when we hear this, we may feel a little uncomfortable. We say, you know, I just can't say that publicly. Well, remember the old axiom, actions speak louder than words. Well, simply how you live your life is the best bold speech you can make. And so, 
Just as St. Francis told his monks, you know, preach the word every day of your life, and if necessary, use words. Well, we must speak in bold speech, and if necessary, use words. Now, the story continues. It says, With one accord, the crowds paid attention to what was said by Philip when they heard it and saw the signs he was doing. For unclean spirits crying out in a loud voice came out of many possessed people, and many paralyzed and crippled people were cured. There was great joy in the city. Well, does that sound familiar? This is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was a healer. More to it, this is seen throughout the centuries of our church. Healing seems to be a characteristic of the Holy Spirit. Now, you may say, well, that's absurd. But the Holy Spirit seems to allow people to perform miraculous episodes throughout the centuries of our church. And so the charism of healing is a special mark of the Holy Spirit. A great example of this is Lourdes in France. That great outpouring of God's healing spirit, it's a site where many healing miracles were performed. Now, go back to the story with Philip. He performs miracles of healing. Again, a charism of the Holy Spirit. One reason we may not see this as a sign of the Holy Spirit is that because we are blocked to them. Maybe it's because of our lack of faith that we cannot see that healing truly is characteristic of the Holy Spirit. Remember the story in which Jesus goes back to Nazareth. It says he healed very few people because of their lack of faith. Well, so goes it with us. If we have no conduit for the Holy Spirit, it can't flow in and through us. Now, a third characteristic of the Holy Spirit is joy. Go again back to that first reading. It says, at the end of the story, there was great joy in the city. Well, here Philip comes and he boldly proclaims Jesus as the Lord. He allows the Holy Spirit to flow through him in a miraculous way and cure people. The end result is joy by the people. Well, joy has been described as a flag of the Holy Spirit. It's a sign that, that the Holy Spirit is dwelling within someone. Now, this can be seen throughout the centuries in the lives of the saints. Or maybe we know people that are joyful. Not giddy, no, but essentially are very joyful. They have a light-hearted spirit. And so joy is one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Now, with that in mind, let us move to the second reading from the letter of St. Peter. Peter writes, Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for hope, but do it with gentleness and reverence, keeping your conscience clear, so that when you are maligned, those who defame your good conduct in Christ may themselves be put to shame. Well, that's a powerful statement. Be ready to speak about your faith to others. Peter is telling us that it's not enough for us to simply have faith, but we have to have the strength to openly talk about it, to actively defend it, or even explain your faith to others if asked about it. Now, I know we live in a society that privatizes religion. People say, you know, I know you have a religion. 
and that religion is yours. But don't talk about it. Keep it to yourself. Well, a good question we have to ask ourselves. If someone asks us about our faith or an aspect about our faith, do you think you could give a good, convincing, and compelling answer for that? If someone challenges you in your faith, someone maybe is an atheist or thinks religion is crazy, are you able to propagate or defend the faith? And so another characteristic of the Holy Spirit is to have this capacity to defend and explain the faith. Great examples of this are St. Augustine and Thomas Aquinas. They are great defenders of the faith. They had a great gift to explain the faith to others and even convince them to convert to Christianity. But that gift should also be present in each and every one of us as baptized persons in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit truly is dwelling within us, and it is, then we should be able to summon the courage to explain our faith, even defend it. Therefore, it's important for us to always grow in the knowledge of our faith. See, that's why we believe in lifelong faith formation. Whether we're 8 years old or 80 years old, we should never stop learning about our faith, all aspects of our faith, from art to architecture to music to history to scripture. And herein lies the beauty. The more we learn about our faith, the more our faith grows. St. Augustine wrote about it. He referred to it as faith-seeking understanding. The more we seek to understand our faith, the stronger our faith grows, and it keeps building upon each other. Now, with that in mind, turn to the gospel. Here's the most principal and the most powerful sign of the Holy Spirit, and that is of love. And so we hear about bold speech, about miracles, joy, defending the faith, But the deepest principle and the most powerful sign of the Holy Spirit is love. And so it begs the question, why do we know that? Well, it's because what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the love that connects the Father to the Son. The Holy Spirit is the love that breathes back and forth between the Father and the Son. In the Gospel, Jesus right now is with his apostles in the upper room at the time of the Last Supper. And he's telling them the deepest truths about our faith. And so Jesus speaks to the apostles about himself and his Father, as well as the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, that the Father and the Son would send the Holy Spirit to be with them. And so that is the love that connects the Father and the Son. Well, now it is the love that will connect us to the Holy Trinity. Now notice what Jesus says. On that day, you will receive that I am in the Father, and you will be in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Well, you see now, the love becomes the characteristic of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Essentially, what Jesus is trying to tell the apostles is that the Father and I will send to you the love that connects us, and you will become on fire with that same love. Well, joy, bold speech, miracles, confident speech, 
to explain the truth about our faith, but above all, love. All these are marks or characteristics of the Holy Spirit dwelling within each and every one of us. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week. You can't afford not to. Reflect, pray over all three of the scripture readings for this weekend. All three readings remind us of the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us and our church. Especially now, as we prepare to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost in just two weeks from now. It's the Feast of the Holy Spirit. And so after praying and reading over these readings, now open yourself up. Open yourself up to see the characteristics of the Holy Spirit working in and through your own life. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.